0: Thank you for downloading the OneChurch Podsmead podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. To find out more about life at OneChurch, visit us online at thisisonechurch.com. We're starting a new series today, church called Me, Myself and I Am. Obviously a play on the word, the little phrase Me, Myself and I, which we all say a lot of the time, probably when we're feeling sorry for ourselves, it's just Me, Myself and I. And this series, the, the play on words, me, myself and I am, obviously taken from Exodus 3 that we'll look at a bit later on, but me, myself and I am, where God is having this moment with Moses in the burning bush and he says, I am who I am. And and that's what we're starting today. And and, and before we get into it, I just really wanted to remind us um, and just sort of stir us up as a church again. Um. Obviously, in summertime, people are away. Midweek programs are off. And, uh, and, and quite often, we have this sense of a lull in church over summer. And, and that's okay. It's okay for people to relax. It is, it is good and healthy for people to relax. It is good and healthy for people to go away. I'm a big fan of both of those things, relaxing and going away. If I can do them together, fine. If I do them separately, I'm still fine with that. But they are good things to do. Uh, 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 but but just this sort of this stir up, this sort of... Um, Uh, uh, call and response to let's never ever forget why we come to church let's never ever forget what we are actually doing when we meet here when we gather this 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 uh this idea of fellowship you know i i enjoy my job but i don't get fellowship at my job you know i love going hanging out with some friends some friends are great to hang around with, but I don't have fellowship with them. Other friends were like-minded, and I have fellowship with them. I have fellowship with my family. I have fellowship in church. And it's just that idea that, that why do we gather? You are when you, when you come here on a Sunday, it is a bit of a cliche, but, and, it, and it's something easy to get up on the platform and say, «Hello, church. You are in the best place this morning.» But it is, it is completely true. You are in the best place this morning. And, uh, and, and let's just take a moment. Let's just think about what we're doing. We come, we meet, we gather, we worship. And the God who created the universe comes and meets with us. The God who, who, who formed you in your mother's womb comes and meets with us. Where we can we say this is going on, this is going in my life, this is what I'm this is maybe what I'm struggling with, or this is what is going really well in my life. Thank you, God, for that, or I'm down here, ah, oh, this is going wrong, but but God I thank you for what I do have and that you're gonna come through for me and we meet with the God who made the universe. God Almighty God or powerful God who is sovereign, God who is holy, meets with us. And may we never forget what we do when we come and gather in in church so guys I really hope you have the best summer I really hope you relax and I really hope it is a time when you just get to enjoy being with God when I go away on holiday that that's honestly what I look forward to most is having that space to spend time with God I love it I would honestly I would love to be able to just book off a day every now and again you know once a month and just have a day you know, just completely immerse myself in, in, in God's word. And it, it just rejuvenates you. It gives you that, that true and meaningful rest that we spoke on a while ago. Because um, God's will from from day one, and this is something we're going to be looking at in this series, uh, God's will from day one was just to be in relationship with us. Just to be in relationship with us. and uh, And that is the God who meets with us every Sunday that we gather. So may we never forget that. Amen. There's a song as well that that you know some songs come into your head and they stick in your head and you end up just hating this song and it annoys you like big time and and is and it's out of your head and then someone like Andy comes along and just says, "Hey, James," and that song's back in my head again and it, and it'll be someone probably like me or Andy because I would do that to people as well, but. It just gets back in your head. But there's this one song that I love and have known forever. And, uh, and my sister introduced me to it. She is uh, in Bible college at the moment in Australia, but she landed this morning. She's back for a few weeks. Cannot wait to see her. And, uh, I, I, and, but this song is called Mercy. And there's just this tag that goes, um, May I never lose the wonder, oh, the wonder of your mercy. May I sing your hallelujah Hallelujah, Amen. And just those few lines, may I never lose the wonder, oh, the wonder of Your mercy. That that stuck in me day one from hearing that song. That I don't ever want to get bored of knowing God's mercy. I don't ever want to forget what it was to know His mercy. I want to be living in that in my everyday. I, you know, I hate it even if on a Sunday I'm doing great, Monday I'm doing bad. Right, God may I never lose the wonder oh, the wonder of your mercy we need to live in it every day and that's what we're doing when we come to church so I honestly do hope you have the best summer if you've got any holidays coming up enjoy them to the absolute max because it is good to go on holiday good to go on holiday, good to rest but when we're here let's be here let's be all in, let's be here to meet with our King Come on. So, me, myself, and I am. Me, myself, and I am. Got Me, myself, and then I am. God, up in heaven, all-powerful, all-sovereign, wants to be in relationship with us. Me, myself, and I am. What we're looking at in this series is is this tension uh, that that, that sometimes we have to hold. So some tensions are good, some tensions are bad. But this tension that we're we're looking at here is one that we want to get rid of. It's it's this tension between, okay, I know who I am, warts and all. I know who I am, but but who does God say I am? Because that's how I need to... That's how I need to live. it, And one will be over here, one's over here, and there's a tension between them. And we need to pull the one closer to the other until we recognize who we fully are in Christ. It's living in the tension of what we believe over ourselves and what we're told we've become in Christ. You see, the Bible is full of what you have become in Christ. And how often do we believe it? How often do we even read it? Probably not as much as we should. You see, see from day one, the plan, God being in relationship with us. From day one, Garden of Eden, God wants to be in relationship with us. From day one, that's all he wants. We've got this little bit that I just want to read from. But it says this, in the Garden of Eden, we lost who we really were. Suddenly, we were fallen. Rejected, cursed, and helpless orphans, cut off from our Father in heaven. We lost so much on this day. Deep down, we yearned for a return to that sense of significance, of value, and worth because the designer who made us was still resident within us. We found ways to cope, but never overcome. All we had to draw upon to satisfy this yearning were things that would never truly work, things the world had to offer. Some of us ran after greater and greater achievements. Others still played the martyrs. Some sought to be famous in the eyes of others. The problem is, whichever road we travel, the result was the same. Nothing could restore our true sense of identity. How beautiful is that, that in in day one, perfect relationship with God, walking in harmony with God every single step, every single day. That is all I want. That is all I want. I want to get up. I want to feel great. I want to know God is there. I want to know he loves me. And only when I feel bad is when I've lost my sense of identity. I've forgotten who I am in Christ and it's this that we're looking at today you see we had Eden we then as we know the story in Genesis 3 we then ate the fruit and then Jesus came to restore us you see we made ourselves unfit to be in relationship with God Nothing changed about God, we changed and made ourselves unfit to be in relationship with God. But Jesus came to right that and make us right again in relationship with God and made himself unfit. He made himself unfit. But we now need to know that we are fit to be in relationship with God. That we are righteous, that we are holy. But straight away we're back to that tension. How can, I, how can I on one hand be a sinner and then on the other hand be righteous and holy? And there's that tension straight away. You see, some tensions are good. Some tensions I, I massively want. I want my shoelaces to be tied up. I want that tension? Don't want to trip over? That's maybe not so dangerous, but if I'm, if I'm climbing up a wall, I want that rope to be pretty tight. I want it to catch me when I fall. I want my guitar to be in tune. I want some of that tension. I want everything on my car to be nice and safe. I want that tension. I don't want pain in my family. I don't want, I don't want it to be sat around a table and there to be some tension because one person's been hurt i don 't want that tension i don 't want someone to be feeling inadequate i don 't want someone to be feeling lost or lonely i don 't want that tension and this is what this is what we 're battling with this tension of who we know we are because I know that i I know that i'm up all the time right I know that, but who God says i am and uh, and and I want to just bring uh today i 've just got this one this this one Point really. Um and it's sort of like it's something that I do that helps me um helps me like think. Okay. Now I'm I'm quite a good daydreamer. Okay. I'm quite good at dreaming at night as well. We were having a conversation about this recently, weren't we? That that every single morning I can roll over and sit and, and tap Anna on the shoulder, wake her up. I could tell her probably three dreams I've had every night. I reckon. I won't tell you some of them you can thank me for that later but some of them are just hilarious some of them are amazing and and honestly i reckon every night every night i i could do this and uh, and but in the in terms of the day i love just sort of escaping and just like imagining i do it all the time one thing that like this is this one's a bit a bit strange can i be a bit can i just be honest with you this morning so one thing that I do, whenever I go abroad, or wherever I am, I rate certain cities on how good it would be to be Spider-Man in that city. <laughs> okay? So Gloucester, oh, I've got a lamppost, got a cathedral, could start getting to Sydney, been to Sydney a few times, hello, yeah, could jump off there, end up over there. Yeah, this would be a good one. I'm going going to get the chance to go to New York next year. It's got to be a good city to be Spider-Man in, hasn't it? Got to be a good city to be Spider-Man in. London, Mediocre. Got some stuff, but it's still pretty small in terms of scale of it. But that's what I do. And, and I, I just love to, my imagination just goes. and I love to sort of escape and, and dream and daydream. So I'm not, I'm not like a daydreamer that I'll just stare out the window and, and someone could be talking to me and, I don't, and I'm not listening to them. I, I, I struggle to switch off from what's going on around me. And, and, and I'll always sort of have my ears up and open and know what's going on. But when I know that I can just switch off, I love it. I love just switching off, imagining myself sort of on the beach on holiday doing doing whatever in my Spider-Man suit, that's it, my Spider-Man speedos and, uh, and but I love it, just daydreaming, escaping from my reality, escaping from my reality and what we've got to be, what I've got to be careful with is that I don't let that become too much of an escape. There's a great verse in in Romans that that speaks about a man's dreams and his imagination and how he has to control that. Men probably more so than women, but and 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 that was sort of like my that that popped up on my phone every day. At one point, how I need to control this and not let it be an escape from what I was. You know, I don't want to turn away from what's true and what's real in my life, but this escape. And uh, and and even in our life group, I remember having a conversation uh, uh, with with Ames about this at, at one point, And and we were just being really open and honest. And Amy just said, you know, this situation is going on in, in not just my world, but you know, it's it's in my family as as, as well. And uh, and and I just said, whenever I don't know what to do, when I get to the end of my ability, my my humanness, my my understanding, my level of understanding, when I've when I realize what my what my reality is, and let's let's say my reality is 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 here, you've got to be honest with what that is. And if I can't change it, I just let myself dream. And I don't I don't understand how God can meet every single one of our young people that I want him to meet. I don't understand that. I don't understand how to grow this church beyond what it's at. I want to, but I can't understand that. And so God, allow me just to dream. Allow me just to dream for a second. You know, I don't know what to do about this situation, but God, just let me dream. You know, maybe one of our young people will suddenly just have a moment of uprising, realise they're loved, realise that they are, home that they can be found you know Friday night, that was a tough night Friday night, we we did loads of lifts to drop our young people off with I think two and I can say that because there's only one of them here today but I only dropped two of our young people's families off with their parents why aren't they going home why aren't they with their parents why not they should be And I can't understand this situation. But God, just let me dream. Let me be a daydreamer. Let me dream about what you can possibly do if I just fully understand who I am and understand who I fully am in in you and that you can actually use me, you can empower me, you you can create something that isn't there through me if I just allow myself to dream slightly. Allow myself to dream. We all have stuff we can't fathom, that we can't get our heads around, that we can't understand. But God, just allow me to dream. Allow my imagination just to go, let loose. Maybe it'll be a CU. Maybe it'll be uprising. Maybe they will just get to the very bitter end and say, God, I need you. Who knows? Who knows? May I be a day dreamer. You see, so often we're, we're, we sit down, we come to church, and we're waiting for God to tell us to go, to do something. God, I see a gap there. Tell me what to do about that gap. God's saying, if you've, if you've seen the gap, you get going. If you've seen the gap, just go do something. Go and do something. I'm a really big believer in God just he has a blank canvas Many a lot of the time. Sometimes, you know, he is going to give you, this is for you to do. Here, go and do it. Other times, I honestly think it is just a blank canvas. You know, it's a conversation. What should we do about that? It's a conversation. And God will take your efforts. He will take your, your, your time, your resource, everything you've got to give. And he can make what it needs to be. But in me, in my life, I honestly don't, I don't believe it's a lack of faith or or expectation. It's just a lack of dreaming, going, doing, just do something, do something. I I quite often just think, and, and me and Anna were speaking about this recently, and we were just, when was the last time we just took a step of faith? When was it? Have we just got so comfortable that we're just like living this boring Christian life where we're just not taking any steps of faith forward? But when we understand that it's not just me, myself, and I, but it's me, myself, and I am, and everything that that brings, you know, then I can go. Then I can go. Me, myself, and I am is found in Exodus 3. And and, and just a bit of background to this story, Moses, uh, obviously everyone knows the name Moses, uh, but where he fits and, and what he does in the Bible is that, that he was born... Um, into slavery, and 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 certain people were trying to escape, but a lot of the babies and, and a lot of the baby boys, especially, were were being killed at the time. And, and his mother wrapped him up and and set him free in 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 a basket in a, in a river. And he ended up becoming, being found, and being a prince in in Egypt, being a prince in Egypt. And he he came through the ranks, and 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 he had one of these tensions. Okay, so he was. I am a prince. He was a prince. He was fully accepted as a prince. He could have told people what to do. He could have had his way whenever he wanted. He could have had anything he wanted. He was a prince of Egypt. The greatest nation around at the time. But he knew that there was something else. He was different. He cared. He had compassion. He could tell. He was something else. And 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 we have this tension between who he was, who he believed he was over himself, but who he truly was. Who he truly was. And and this started to burn in him. And and and, and one thing that's really key is if, if we don't sort this tension out, I promise you, you get to burn out. Okay, I promise you. When you're one thing on a Sunday and another thing on a Monday, okay, I promise you, that is when you get to burnout. And, and leaders, especially leaders in, in, in church who are one thing on a Sunday, one thing on a Monday, this is when they really start to burn out. Okay, This is when they start to burn out because one of them is an act. I don't know which one, not for me to decide. One of them is an act and, and you can't keep that up. If you identify yourself as a leader in church, go and be a leader on Monday. If you, if you recognise yourself as, as someone with a set of skills and you want to use them on a Sunday, go and use them everywhere. Okay, That is a, the only way to avoid being burnt out. I promise you, your capacity can grow, everything can grow, as long as you're truly being who you are. I honestly believe that. But we get to Moses and, and and he was a prince, but he knew he wasn't. He was a prince. He was living this, working in this. He'd grown up as a young boy, as a man, and, and he was starting to become of age. And, and and something wasn't right. Something wasn't right. He had to escape. He had to escape. He couldn't do it anymore. Couldn't do it anymore. And we're going to read this short Passage in Exodus 3, and, uh, and, and by this time, Moses had fled Egypt, okay? He'd run away. He couldn't do it anymore. He ran away. He broke. He wasn't being who he was, and he ran. The good thing Moses is he ran into who he was meant to be. But Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, uh, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to a far side of the wilderness and came to uh, Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that through the bush it was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush. Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Don't come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And we get this encounter of God. And Moses meeting. And what God then goes on to talk to Moses about is the fact that, that his people are slaves in Egypt. You see, Moses was a prince of Egypt, but he was born an Israelite. He was born a child of God. He was born a child of God. And he had the identity of an Egyptian prince. And his tension was destroying Moses. He couldn't live with this tension. He had to resolve this tension. One of the things had to come closer to the other. But let me tell you, God's identity over you isn't going to move. So God's identity, he was a child of God. That was not going anywhere. And so if Moses chose to be a prince of Egypt, this one, he cannot pull that to be in line with that. He had to release the identity of prince in Egypt to become in line with his identity as a child of God. That one was not moving. And God has this conversation with Moses where he says, I've noticed that my, my, my people are in, in slavery in Egypt. I've noticed that their pain, I've noticed their hurt, I've noticed that 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 they're not where they're meant to be. My people are not meant to be slaves. And and we know that that the whole story uh, uh of the israelites is just a complete big foreshadow of our story today that, that that they were children of god but they ended up in slavery and they ended up in the wilderness where where just, that just that just talks about being confused and, and 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 being in conflict and and still living like a slave even though they were set free from being a slave and 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 this is just everything that we do today and then all of a sudden jesus comes saves them and sets them free and they reach the promised land. Jesus comes and sets us free. The Israelites find the promised land, and it's just a big foreshadow of our walk with God. And uh, and and God says, "You've noticed the gap. You've noticed the problem. <coughs> will you will you go?" And he says, but 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 what can I do? Who am I? And back to that tension. Back to that tension. Who am I? What can I do? He says, what will I tell them when I get there? You know, they, they knew me as a prince. I would have watched them work. I would have watched them work until they couldn't stand anymore. I would have watched them being whipped. I would have watched them be beaten. And you want me to go back to them? And, and, and God's reply is, God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generations to generations. I am has sent me the I am. And today, church, all I want you to do, I want you to dream. I, I want you to dream about two things. One is what you can do in Christ. But first of all, you just need to dream about who you can possibly be in Christ. You know, I, I know every bad thing about myself. I don't need people to tell me them. I really don't. But I need to dream I need to dare to dream about who I can possibly be in Christ. That I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That no weapon formed against me can stand. That I am a child of God. I am forgiven. I am chosen. And we need to recognise that that we have these two conflicting identities. Are we a child of God? Yes or no? We can't be 50-50. And today, I, I 100% believe that every person here is 100% a child of God. I believe that. Okay? It's whether personally we're able to live in that. And don't get me wrong, it, yeah, sometimes it's tough. Sometimes we, we forget, sometimes we muck up, join the club, right? But it's about choosing to pull the conflict in line with what we know to be true. That we are a child of God, that we are chosen, come on, that we are forsaken, that when Jesus came he came for you, he came for me. He reconciled the world to God through himself, that's what he did for us. And as we were saying recently, and he gives us the ministry of reconciliation, to go and be and do, and, and, and on my part personally, I don't believe my lack of doing is, is a lack of faith, I don't think it's a lack of expectation. I think it is just a lack of dreaming and going and doing. Yeah. Yeah. If I could just dream a bit more, maybe I'll just be a bit more empowered to go and do. And uh, and I need to know where I'm rooted first. You see, I was thinking about this about certain people who are uh, who are in the world who are um, who are just known for being the best at what they do but are just not arrogant at all so so one of the conflicts here is i'm a sinner but i am completely holy and chosen by god i'm a sinner i'm human but i'm completely (laughs) forgiven and chosen and holy and righteous and an heir and a son of god how can i hold both of those things to be true and and if you put it on yourself if if your tone is I am chosen. I am. Do, do you know what I mean? It's. It's. I have done this for myself. Look at me. No. 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 It's what Jesus has done for you that empowers you to, to, to be that. And I was thinking, I'm one of these people. Uh, I'm in the generation where we tend to watch more YouTube than TV. And uh, and and I love YouTube. And one of the things I love sport. And one of the things I was watching recently was there's so many YouTubers who are sort of like, I don't know, 15 to 20 who've had the chance to meet some incredible people, some sports stars. I was watching videos recently of these, these kids who, who had the opportunity to go to Cristiano Ronaldo's house and take free kicks in his back garden. And, and, and there's no doubt that he is recognised as being the best, or out of two people, the best footballer in the world. And he was not, you know, people think he's pretty cocky, yes, maybe on a football pitch, but he let some kids come and take free kicks with him in his back garden. You see, his, his identity wasn't under attack. He knew who he was and he wasn't scared to be who he was because he knew that it wasn't under attack. And your identity, when found in God, will never be under attack. Okay, You can be who you want to be because it's never going to be under attack. I think of, I think of Roger Federer the greatest tennis player of all time, again, who I love. I could sit there all day and just watch Roger Federer play. He floats around the tennis court. He can get to a ball and hit it, and he, he's barely taken a step. He's just, he's just incredible. And, and you watch him in, in an interview or something, and he knows he's the best. Okay, he knows he's the best, but he is completely humble. He respects every player, whether it's a 16-year-old who's just on the tour, In his first match, he knows he's the best. He knows he's probably gonna beat him pretty easily, but he respects him, He is completely humble, and his identity is secure because he's not afraid to lose it. He's not afraid to lose his identity, therefore it is secure. And today what we need to know about our identity is that when it's found in God, when we recognize that it's me, myself, and I am, our identity is secure. We have this tension that we need to resolve. Some are good, some are bad. This is not one we want. We don't want this tension in our identity. But when our identity is pulled, we pull it in line with what the Bible says about us, it becomes so secure, so strong. It becomes this solid rock that doesn't move, that I know who you are, therefore I know who I am. And in certain situations in my life, when I don't know what to do, I need to forget that it's not about me. It's about him. And I just say, James, just dream. Just dream. Don't don't escape from your situation. But view it, stare it right in the face and dream what it possibly can be if I have the guts to get up and do something. And that's what I do. I could sit there for hours doing it. Last year, on, on the way back from Hillsong Conference, it was, it's, I don't know, an hour and a half journey, shortest journey I've ever had in my life, because I was so inspired that the way home, I was just dreaming the whole way home. I was like, wow, imagine if one day I can do this, if one day I can do that. And it's not about me, it's about him. But that my identity is known, that I know where it's found. Amazing. I'd love to just finish by praying for you, church. So, God, we thank you that you've, that you've been with us this morning. God, may we never forget what we do when we gather, that you are here, that you want to meet with us. God, may we never lose the wonder, oh, the wonder of your mercy. God, may we sing your praises forever. Amen. God, may we, may we come, may we gather, may we be in fellowship with each other every single week. God, recognising that we can meet with you, our King of kings and our Lord of lords. God, this week I pray that you will be with everyone, that people will have the time to rest and know that you are there, have the time to rest and then act from that rest, not towards rest, but from (coughs) a space of rest. And, uh, And God, I pray that people will know who they are in you, That God, throughout this series, that people will know who they are in you. And God, that they will dare to dream who they could possibly be in you. And then what they could possibly do with you. God, that we will see gaps and we will fill them. That we will go, that we will be brave enough to get up and go. As child of men and women, of children and heirs of God. Amen. Amazing. Thank you, James. That was great. Hey.